1: Hello and welcome to Star Trek Comic Book Review with Donovan and Ken. Episode number 380, recorded December 11th, 2022.
0: And today we're continuing our Orville continuation that we did last week. So we're doing what's called Orville Launch Day, Issues 1 and 2. Cool. All by Dark Horse Comics? Right. And they're part of Orville Season 2.5. I guess it's, I, I don't know. This um, is the second story, it's not, right? It's not on the book. It's not in the book anywhere, 2.5, but that's where it's listed other places. Exactly. And it's supposed to take place between the two seasons, so it makes sense. And it's quite good. I like this one a lot, too. Yeah. It definitely felt like an episode, which, you know, just like with Star Trek comics, that's, that's what you want in an expanded universe-type comic. Yep. Just feel like an episode.
1: And one of the things you got with the Orville is not only are they kind of a they describe themselves as a funny version of Star Trek, whatever. It isn't all just funny games. It turned into real stories and some real drama with some humor mixed in. But right. this one also has a moral story to it. It definitely has a little um a little lesson.
0: So Yes. Yeah. And, you know, just like with the, the last ones, it's happened before and and this is kind of pointing out that, you know, it can happen again in the future, or or right now. You know, it, it's, that's what I love about sci-fi. You know, and Star mm-hmm. Trek did it well, and Orville I think does it well. It's just you take a problem that we really have and kind of give it a sci-fi twist, and mm-hmm. I guess it's easier to digest. Yeah, you kind of slip it in
1: under the radar, right? Um, and also, I mean, definitely in the '60s, and even today to some degree, uh, although not as bad. There are certain things you can't just do on TV or at least back in the 60s, it was sure frowned upon because uh, advertisers would not like it or whatever, so you had to really slip things in under the radar. Not as necessary now, but I I think this is a great way to uh, point out maybe uh, issues in humanity that maybe we could think about and not repeat.
0: Yeah, but I still think it goes on today, too. I mean, look at uh, Cartoon Network and Disney Channel and stuff like that. They... They're always getting in trouble for trying to slide in some sort of equal rights agenda or whatever. All the woke stuff. Yeah.
1: So Florida, where woke goes to die?
0: (laughs) I don't know about that, but I just know that there's so so many cartoons and stuff that, you know, these people get offended about because, you know, how dare you have somebody be friends with another person of the same gender, you know? And it's just like... Oh, man, you are. You need to get your head out of your butt. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you're. A we're supposed to light. be past all that now. You know, yeah, we're it's supposed like, to. That's uh, true. Don't get it? So, well, I mean, it still happens today, just not not as widespread. Well, as it was. It, in, and it, it, was, it probably
1: always will. I mean, there's always going to be somebody who's going to object to something. So,
0: oh, Orville, definitely. I know people who quit watching Orville the day the the day they had that. Uh, Bordis being on the holodeck with his little sexual fantasy, all men thing. Nah. I don't know, I didn't know that Quit watching. That's it. Or how about that yeah, other episode
1: that where he and Clyden, his his mate, they're both yes. naked running around? Oh, that right. that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. But I can see uh, some people that might be a little bit more rigid in their thinking, not not liking so
0: that. It's just like. So then, to them, I'm like, well, it's just that's that's how they are. I mean, why? <laughs> One, it's fictional, but two, I mean, it, oh, what what is wrong with you? Yeah,
1: it's, it's just... got to be a certain way, or else, You know, right. people will be damned.
0: All right, I don't get it. Yeah. So, um, anyways, so yeah. yeah, it still happens today, and it does, but it's like it's not as bad. So, but yeah still happens today. well I think they could be more blatant about it now like with that than they could back in the 60s with Ahora uh, and Kurt kissing or whatever it's just or even having anybody black on the bridge I
1: mean even that was an issue weren't there TV stations in the south that wouldn't play it for multiple reasons including that oh really is that why oh yeah what black people in some kind of position of authority what, <laughs> what are you talking about anyway
0: yeah well, the whole fact that number one got written out of the show from one oh. pilot to the next because people just can't take take a woman in charge. Well, that's another man. thing.
1: Yeah, I, yes. And I and and Roddenberry had to pick his battle, so... Right, right. right. So but anyway. today, we get to have captains that are females, even admirals that are females. So, a little bit of progress. But
0: yeah, yeah. Anyway. Anyways, so... Needless to say, we like these, these issues, uh, You know, yes. long preamble short. Yeah, so and I'm I particularly sorry. love this story, and I love the message.
1: Did you? Mm-hmm. I did. I thought it was quite entertaining. <laughs> but I can see I will... some people of a certain political bent not liking it.
0: All right, well, we'll get into if that they even
1: If they even truly understood what it was saying, and I would think they, they would.
0: I don't, know if they would. I don't know if they would. Really? Okay. I don't know. Let's talk about it in a few. Okay. All right, so shall we get started? Yes, please. All right, so I get to do issue number one this time. So uh, this came out uh, September of 2020. It has a little created by Seth MacFarlane, which is kind of cool. Kind of kind of reminiscent to Gene Roddenberry's little credits in Star Trek stuff. Anyways, script by David A. Goodman. Art by David Cabiza, Colors by Michael Etia, Lettering by Richard Starlings, and Comic Crafts Jimmy Betancourt. So the cover is a very classic Star Trek cover which shows like the headshots of all the crew kind of in the middle. And then underneath that we see the giant Orville flying towards the reader. And then above the crew, we see all the different patches from their uniforms. So the command, sciences, engineering, security badges, which, you know, they're kind of cool badges. And I'm sure we'll talk about them in a few, but uh, very reminiscent of the original Star Trek badges. The story starts 20 years ago against the Starship Boar. And we see a young Mercer saying goodbye to his friend Yasil who is returning to his home planet of Alabar after the planet has succeeded from the Union and has become an isolationist planet. So we flash forward back to present day, which they do say that the story takes place 12 months after the last issue. So it's kind of cool that they actually made a reference to that. So Mercer and the Orville crew are meeting with eight Krill vessels that are crossing into Union space. They do communicate, and the Krill tell them that they're on their way to Alabar, since their long-range scans have shown that Alabar is creating something large, and the Krill being the Krill, assume that it's a weapon of some sort, and so they have to fly over there and destroy it before it could be used against the Krill. Since the Alabar is not part of the Union, the Union cannot stop them. But since Krill has to cross through Union space to get there, there is a bit of a gray area. So Mercer contacts command to inform them of what's going on, and he is told that he should escort the Krill to Alabar. And that if indeed the Alabar is creating a weapon of some sort, they are to join the Krill in the attack of that weapon. So all parties agree that Mercer is given two days to go down to the planet and find out what the purpose of the device is. So even the Creel decided this with them. So Mercer and Grayson are disguised as locals, which is basically a, a green-skinned alien with little thin ears. And they're dropped off by shuttle near the planet's capital. They enter the city, and to kind of get information, they stop by for lunch, and they start chatting with the waitress there. While talking, they let slip a few too many clues that they don't really know what's going on. They didn't even know about the big planetary events over the last 20 years, meaning there's now a dictator over the whole planet. The planet has spent all their money building some huge device that's about to get turned on the next day and what they're calling launch day. And they also somehow don't know that there's this stuff called money. So the waitress is not too happy about that and basically chases them out of the restaurant, and the two escape by turning down a dark alley. Meanwhile, Gordon and Lamar travel to the device to check it out. It's on the other side of the sun, and it turns out to be a giant Death Star looking thing. And that's where this ends to be continued. Yeah, they really made it look like a
1: Death Star. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, which gives the reader the idea, oh, it's a weapon. I mean It, it is a weapon. Yeah, yeah and they, they want you to think that, uh, the writers. And it's like, boy, when I was reading this
0: it was like, Yep, that that looks like the Death Star and that looks like a weapon to me. <laughs> yeah, it even has like a mirror array and everything. It's it's, yeah? it's it looks like it's about to blow something up. <laughs> And so, yeah, so another thing that's kind of gone throughout this book is that whatever this is, is building up more and more energy. That's how the Creel found it. That's mm-hmm. how the Union found it. But nobody knows what it is. It's just getting more and more. True. And,
1: and because they made it look like a weapon so hard, I mean, they really made it look like a weapon. I was like, well, oh, man, it's, it's too if it's a weapon, it's too obvious and then what's the story going to be? They blow it up and then the story's over? It's like, uh eh. so right. I was like, maybe something else is going on here. Is it Noah's Ark? Did they find out that their son was going to go Noah or something and they just wanted to take care of it themselves and they're going to threaten their only uh, means of potential survival and stuff? So that's the kind of thing I was thinking of. But right. uh, obviously I was going down the wrong path, which we'll find out in the next issue. Right. But not, not completely wrong, down the wrong path. Well, but it's not a Noah's Ark. Uh, well, I don't want
0: to. Yeah, we'll talk That's about what? it in a few. Yeah. <laughs> but as of right now, looks like a planet killer. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yep. and it even has like the little rings around it. So you could fly in there and shoot a photon torpedo no. down, down a tube. <laughs> <sighs> yeah,
1: I think it has trenches. Yes, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <sighs> so anyways, yeah, so it looks cool. And what do you think of the aliens themselves? Did you like the way they looked with the uh, fin ears?
1: Yeah, I mean, they, definitely the fin ears made me think they were originally an aquatic, you know, some kind of aquatic uh, Namor kind of thing or something. Yeah, um, Atlantis kind of thing, maybe originally. Uh, I thought
0: they looked fine. Look, look cool. Reminded Alien. me of. Uh, it reminded me of abominations ears in the comic. He has those little fin ears. Oh, that's true. You're right. But, yeah, so the, other than that, they look completely human, except they're... They keep calling them green, but they look more blue to me, or a kind of like a teal color. Yeah, I think you're right. It depends upon the but, panel, but... Yeah. But, yeah. White hair, teal skin, finned ears. Aside from that, they look completely normal.
1: yeah. Yeah, and the fin kind of goes up to a point, so it's a little you know from a distance it almost looks a little bit like a, an elf or maybe a Vulcan. Um, so it comes to a point.
0: Yeah,
1: but definitely finned. So
0: and the white hair, the white hair definitely gives you a
1: Andorian vibe. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the skin, although yeah. not, not exactly the same color, but still close right. enough.
0: Right.
1: So uh, something I really enjoyed about this issue and I've enjoyed like the last issue too is I I don't know whether they're doing it on purpose just to give us a little Easter egg to kind of you know like a where's Waldo see if you can spot who we're aping in this this new character but and they're using all kinds of real actors um, as models for these characters not all of them but you know a fair number of them and I, I'm just having a grand time spotting all these people.
0: So in this one, I saw one. Did you see? More I than saw. One? I saw more. Now okay. uh, there's at least two. I'm hundred
1: percent sure about. And then the other ones, maybe it could be debatable. You know, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But obviously, the captain of the boar is quite obvious
0: who that is. All right. Let me go back because I. You didn't spot that. Oh, it looks like freaky. Ricky Gervais. Kind of? <laughs> <laughs> Who did you think? he Think was William playing? Shatner. I don't see it.
1: Oh, you've got to be kidding me. He's short. I mean, especially compared to uh, you know the uh, Yasir, A- yeah. or whatever his name is. He's chunky, so it's it's more like uh, like Shatner in his sixties or something, maybe. I mean, he's still got the dark hair, you know, jet, you know, actually darker hair than he ever had in in. Star Trek but look at the face look, look at, especially uh, when you see him he's pointing at, pointing at you or pointing at um, at Gordon and he's right. talking it's like especially in that one and there's another one where there's like a profile um, I, I, th- I think they truly meant that to be Shatner and since he's the captain of the boar as in you are such a boar <laughs> um i think it's a great easter egg and i i, I think that's shatner
0: yeah uh, i don't i don't see that but <laughs> okay, okay i mean i can see where you're coming i from, mean he he's I
1: even just... pudgy and fat and uh got a got a good size gut on him Is like oh my god thick neck oh that's shatner
0: all right so who else
1: okay let's the, the... let's continue
0: The leader? Is that the one you think is the definite?
1: Completely. That's the other one that I am very confident about who I think it is.
0: Yeah. And I think you're right.
1: Yeah. So uh, So who is it? Ian McKellen. And I even found a a picture on the intertubes that's eh, pretty close to one of the panels that shows him speaking to everybody like a um, 1984, you know, fearless leader kind of thing. Right, right.
0: Yeah, definitely. He looks like Ian McKellen. Yeah, Gandalf the Gray, with, exactly, uh, with some exactly. green skin and uh, fish ears. Yeah, I personally think they should have made him look
1: like Trump, but eh, that's just me. Maybe that's a little too on the nose. Well, why not make him look like Hitler or somebody like that? <laughs> who
0: actually, did this kind of stuff.
1: Uh, or Trump, who actually did this kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, anyway, we'll he continue. May on. have tried. Well he well, villainized every Mexican that's, that came across the border legal or not oh
0: yeah, yeah, that part, who part are
1: murderers murderers and rapists he villainized outsiders to entrench ingratiate himself with small-minded people in the states
0: right which is exactly which what Which is exactly what this guy's doing yeah, what this guy's doing, and what what Hitler did, and what Mussolini did. I, I just completely bla- agree. Blame that, the that's other people. Perfect. That's yeah. a perfect nope. example. And you're absolutely correct. Hitler demonized the Jews,
1: called them less than human, so it's okay to kill them. Right. And although Trump didn't go ahead and say it's okay to kill them, uh, he, yeah, ha- he, he 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 did say. I mean. He does that with, I mean, between QAnon and Trump, they use the same kind of uh, verbiage even with Democratic uh, political people using words uh, about Pelosi and the other leaders that somehow make them less than human. So, I don't know. I mean, this is so obvious what they did with this issue, but whatever, off my soapbox now.
0: Right. But, but, but. Unlike anything Trump did, this guy actually actually was able took to control over the whole planet and for twenty years. For twenty years, so he got this, into
1: power and then stayed in power for twenty years, long enough to well, we'll see more.
0: Well, and they do a good job with showing how you know, like when they were eating lunch, and mm-hmm. they kind of find out how how yep. bad things are. Yep. So basically, he's using all the resources of the planet. Yep, to fund this whatever this device is. Yep. So basically, people now don't. Have have money to eat, you know, like they used to, yep. they used to have replicators, now they don't, you know, all these, like, hardships they're now having to face because all the money is being funneled into this device. Right. Which would be equivalent of, you know, uh, you know, a country putting all their money into... A into a program. nuclear
1: program, like North Korea.
0: Yeah, or, or, right, right, exactly. Yeah. So... Again, that's what I love about science fiction is that you can take stuff that really happened and give it a sci-fi twist, Mm -hmm. and you can kind of look at it from a different way. And, and, you know, you're like, hey, that could never happen again. And then you're like, oh, no, it could happen again.
1: Of course it could, yeah.
0: Oh, yes. All right, so back to uh, guest stars. There was another one in this issue? Because I know of one in the next issue, but uh, this Mm -hmm. issue, maybe The Waitress? What? What
1: another Death Star?
0: What guest star. Oh, guest, guest star. star.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I, I I misheard you. That's all right. Um I only have those two for this one. Okay. The, yeah. the other ones I have is for the next one. Did you spot another person?
0: That waitress, I was like, Man, she oh, kinda looks familiar, but I could I could not figure out who she was, so I didn't really didn't delve onto it too much. I didn't recognize recommend- I, I thought maybe you did
1: she's very detailed the drawing of her is very nice and very detailed and again just a general comment artwork is quite good very good very good very good um and her face is quite detailed and i wouldn't i think you're i think you're right that she probably was modeled off of a real person but i don't know who that would be yeah same good point though yeah and actually yeah hmm I just looked at another panel that showed her when they first started talking to her at the bottom of, of one of the pages, and uh, and she does look
0: familiar. Mm. Right. Okay. Yeah. At first, I was thinking um, the actress who plays Peg Bundy. Oh. Uh, what's her name? Not not Peg Bundy herself, not the character Peg Bundy, but the actress. The actress. Yeah. Just like some some of the shots kind of looked like her, eh, but it kind of didn't. So I yeah. I didn't. Like I said, I didn't look into it too much, but uh, I thought maybe. If you would have come out and said that, i had been like, oh, yeah, me too. But, uh, Swish, you did, I got it too. Then- <laughs> yeah.
1: I, I, I don't know, but she does look familiar. All right. The boar, you, do you like that name? <laughs> so B-O-H-R, right? So right. so that spelling is we're well, like a pig? <laughs> B-O-H-R, or is there another meaning that I'm not familiar with? I don't know. I mean the pig is B O A R, right? Oh, yeah, you're probably right. So okay, so B O H R must be something less derogatory. <laughs> 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 or else they wouldn't they they, they they wouldn't name a ship after it. But I completely I completely believe it's it was named system, the boar. So
0: it's boring.
1: B- well <laughs> but that's not as in boring. I mean is it?
0: What? No, 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 no. No, it's a different spelling.
1: Yeah, so, okay, so, so B-O-H-R is a person's name, but is there like a general... Okay, Bohr Atom, Bohr Magnetron. It's, he was a Danish physicist. Bohr was a Danish physicist, and he got the Nobel Prize. Okay. Okay. And I guess there's a medical definition? So maybe it was named after the, uh, the Nobel Prize winner.
0: There you go. I don't know. That, that, that sense, might have been it.
1: Being a science vessel? Sure. That would make sense. But my theory is, I mean, there are a fair number of people that aren't crazy about William Shatner because of his supposed behavior over the years. So it's possible that they named it the Boar and they made the captain look like Shatner, in my opinion, as kind of like a little little under the under-the-table jab at Shatner. That's my theory. That's funny. <sighs> okay. The only, th- the only other thing I really have to say about this one is the skyline of Alabar. So they land in the uh, cloaked shuttle pod mm-hmm. and they land it outside of the main town, the city, whatever. And then they, they get out of the ship and then they look and they have a big, wide cityscape. So when I looked at this, it was like, oh, okay, cool cityscape. And some of these things look a little familiar. I mean, not exactly carbon copy of modern uh, Earth skyscrapers or Earth structures. But some of right. them kind of reminded me a little bit, like maybe they're aping a little bit, you know, modern day skyscrapers. Yeah, I agree. So, Did you one, see one in particular? Yeah, so these are the ones I, I think I spotted. So yeah. at the far left, there's a... Skyscraper in Chicago, Cranes Communication Center, and what's unique about that one is it kind of looks like a, a piece of sugarcane. You know how you if you cut it down on an angle, how there's kind of like a uh, uh, kind of like a diagonal cut in the sugarcane. Well, mm-hmm. the way the building is, it's kind of sort of a, a diamond shaped thing coming up from the ground, and then they cut it in such a way that there's that the ceiling is angled. Uh, So, uh, anyway, I thought that looked like uh, Crane's Communication Center. So, there's one. I mean, yep. There's a spire kind of thing, a little bit closer to the middle, which really looks like one of the tallest things going, at least from that vantage point. And that looks a little bit like the CN Tower, but not quite. It looks a little bit like Seattle Space Needle, but not quite. You know? Right. And then uh, they had a squat pyramid looking thing. And it's like, well, that could look like any, any pyramid in Egypt. Um, and oddly enough, <laughs> in Phoenix, there was the Capstone Cathedral, uh, which is no big deal. N- nobody would know that except for somebody that happened to be in, in, in Phoenix. But it looks a little bit like that, that building. And then my last one is on the far right. There's a, uh, a building with lots of antennas coming up top. It just reminded me a little bit, a little bit of the Sears Tower.
0: That's it. Okay.
1: That, yeah. That's my guesses.
0: Now, to me, it just looked like. Um, do you remember RoboCop? Yes. The Delta City, that uh, they were going to build on top of old Detroit. Okay. I mean, I didn't go back and look at it, but it just gave me that vibe uh, that it was uh, that kind of take of what a future city would look like. Well, so that it have Did they have pictures of that, or did they actually? There was a start building it. it? Oh, there's yeah, a model in the, in the movie. There was a model. Okay. That, uh, it might be it was RoboCop 2 that had their model, but uh, yeah. but yeah, they had a model and it and it had a you know like a a space needle type thing like okay. that, and then a bunch of little pyramid looking things. Sure. So th- that's what I was getting when I. When oh, cool. I saw this. Okay. My last thing is, and I left it out of the synopsis just because it doesn't really serve the purpose of the book, the mm-hmm. story. But I loved the little dinner with Boris. His spouse and uh um, oh their commentary yeah they're what's the yeah. girl's name or boy's name depending on Ash episode uh, i i don't remember man anyways um i love that conversation because he was basically saying boris is saying that you know we need to do this to because it may or may not be a, a weapon and then the spouse is like oh well it, it, we should just destroy them anyways because it could be a weapon and then you know, I thought that was good. And, yeah. because and they're not a member of the people.
1: union and blah, blah, blah.
0: Right. And then you're like, that's, that's so fitting because you do have those people that, you know, And he's basically like, you're risking you and, and your family for somebody that may be building a weapon. Mm-hmm. And then Boris is like, or they may not be, you know, it's just like, exactly ah, that's, that was so good. That was so good. Yeah. That you can be in, you know, you can be in love with people and... They don't have to agree with everything you say. That's what I think a lot of people get mixed up, especially nowadays, is right. that if you disagree with me, you must be against me and I hate you. You know, that kind of thing. And i yeah. just like, no, you can have different opinions. You're not clones of each other. Yeah, yeah and, there's, so I, and there's multiple
1: married couples in the United States that <laughs> – one's a staunch Democrat, one's a staunch Republican, and they're married. They're still married. And, and they're actually people that are in the politics business as either commentators or as actually, you know. Like that Conway girl? Oh, uh, Kellyanne Conway and her husband.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: Every time I see her husband on something, giving his opinion, I just, I just shake my head saying, oh, my God, they're so different. But they yeah. got divorced, didn't they? Or are, are they?
0: they? I, I don't know. I, I didn't follow it that much.
1: Yeah. There, there, there's a southern, there's an older southern uh, guy. I forgot his name. Carvel, I don't know something like that. And his wife is a Republican, and, and they're both in the politics business, and mm-hmm. they continue to be married to each other. So, right, that's great. That is great.
0: No, yeah, I'm just pointing out that uh, you know I can't remember Clavin. Is that his spouse's name? I um, think you're right. I do not like that guy. <laughs> I mean, he's written to be not likable, but yeah. again, and then on the same side is I really like that guy because at the end of the day, you know, spoiler alert for season three, Yeah. he, he does turn around and he does see how horrible he was mm-hmm. just following a line. They, they told me I have to believe this, so that's what I have to believe. Exactly. And then, you know, he ostracizes his whole family and then later he is able to come back and redeem himself and that's what i loved about this and you know this is this is real life you know this you see this stuff all the day is that people will cut somebody out of their family because they did them wrong or they Mm -hmm. believe something i don't believe so therefore they're not part of my family anymore it's so sad
1: yeah so that's what
0: i loved about season three is that he they brought him back and they were able to you know treat it like a real thing you know Mm -hmm. you made mistakes you but you're still you're still my father you know that Mm -hmm. kind of thing i love that's why that show is just so good to me (laughs) it's just like (laughs) you can write somebody that you hate and then you also really like them at the same time yep maybe not like them but like like their story arc sure i agree so I thought the the writing on these two pages was quite good, even though it doesn't really fit the story at all. I mean, it's just kind of filler, heat. But well, it's, but
1: it's, it's it's kind of filler, but it's also also part of the sto- Part of the um, the lesson, you know. They're they're trying to get a, a more. It's a morality play, right? Like many of the Taws episodes, um, they're, try- they're they're trying to show you something, and at least give you an opinion that hopefully most people would agree is right, but maybe not everybody would, but, um, yeah. Yep, and and it's more, it's more, it's more, more, uh, the content has more value. It, It has more gravitas when you're actually trying to, trying to say something. It's like the old, um, the old Buck Rogers TV show in the 70s with Gil Gerard and and uh, and Aaron Gray, oh, Aaron Gray, I like those, but in general, it was fluff, you know, there wasn't a lot of co- you know, yeah, anyway. They they weren't saying anything, or they were why well, no, just yeah, they weren't. I mean, yeah. it, it it was good adventure, and maybe they did slip things in every once in a while, but for the most part, it was just adventure, you know, it's, sure. it's just adventure, it's it's you know, whatever. And then, uh, but something like this, something like Star Trek, it's got a lot more, uh oomph to it sure sure
0: alright that was my last comment great
1: so let's see how this wraps up in part two launch day, part two October 2020 published date the creative team is exactly the same so I, So Donovan's over there looking they're making sure I, I'm correct about that but it's the same and I think these are the same people for the last two issues we did too pretty much Okay, we got the single cover, and it's dominated by Bordis on the left half, and then a Krill on the right half, facing off against each other, and then there's a big old beam of light between them. In the lower half of the cover is the Orville being pursued by, or at least it looks like it's being pursued, by eight, eight Krill ships, which struck me as kind of overkill, but there you go. Good cover. It makes you wonder... You know, is Bordis going to do a little mano mono, you know, uh, fisticuffs or something with this uh, with this krill? That'd be interesting to see. Because both are kind of like, you know, big, nasty looking, probably, you know, kind of Klingon-like. And you know, they'd probably be really good fighters. Anyway. John and Gordon have made it to the huge device that looks like the Death Star. But they report to Ed and Kelly, sensors cannot get into it to see into it due to some kind of interference so they still don't know whether it's a weapon or not. Ed pushes them to find a way, since it's the only way they can stop the Krill from destroying it and likely the planet. On the planet, the Alabar are in the streets celebrating their freedom from the vile outsiders that are the cause of all their people's problems. Kelly and Ed enter a registration office, not to register themselves, but rather to see if they can find Yisil's location, who, of course, is the former Union officer that had left the Boer 20 years ago. Despite the dour and surly civil worker behind the counter, she eventually gives them Yisil's address. Ed and Kelly head to the location, trying to figure out the Alibarian address system. John and Gordon find their way into the Death Star and begin a long journey through the apparently deserted structure. Ed and Kelly locate the address and find Yesel's mother alone in her shabby-looking house with bars on all the windows. She tells them "Yesel, Yesel died long ago. He disagreed with launch day and hated the leader, Pratt. Ed makes a few verbal blunders and raises Mom's suspicion. Meanwhile, the Krill grow impatient and decide to attack early, so they open up a comm channel to Bordus and they tell him to get out of their way, or the Orville will be obliterated. Bordis makes it clear that they will fight until destroyed while focusing all their firepower on the Krill commander's ship. Only the Krill commander ship. That causes a change of heart on Captain Kratok's part, and he decides a slight delay is in order. Gordon and John feel like rats in a maze as they continue on, but have found nothing useful, including no Death Star crew or any crew quarters. The place seems to be just made up of maintenance corridors. After some adjustments to their tricorders, they pick up the source of the quantum interference, so they head for it. Meanwhile, Ed and Kelly's conversation with Yassil's mother leads them to the conclusion this world, at the prompting of Pratt, their leader for the past two decades, wants to be alone. To rid themselves of all outside influence that they believe is the source of all their problems, they have redirected the planet's resources away from butter and towards the orbiting Death Star, whatever it is. How will it help them to be alone? Question mark. Ed is able to contact John and Gordon using a communicator and they report they are in the engine core. John says it contains the largest quantum reactor he has ever seen. The Death Star was built around that core. They eventually come to the conclusion its purpose is to relocate the entire solar system to another plane of existence where apparently they expect to be totally alone. Launch day is all about the ultimate in isolationism. John reports an upward spike in the Death Star's systems. Whatever it was built to do, it seems to be increasing power to actually do it. Ed orders them out of the device and down to the planet to pick them up. They all have to get away from this solar system pronto. When they try to exit the front door, they encounter two policemen who Yusil's paranoid mother called. They are arrested and taken from the house in cuffs. Meanwhile, the Orville and Krill pick up the quantum power buildup and all decide to go to the planet. On the planet, the Albarian leader, Pratt, is on all TVs telling the people a great moment is upon them. They will soon be living in their own universe, and won't it be swell? In less than an hour, they will finally be able to live the way they were meant to live. Ed and Kelly realize they only have an hour to get out of the cell they are in and the solar system. They are able to talk the jailer into taking them out of the Huskow and to his leader with a lie saying that they sabotage the big round quantum shifter. On the way through the streets to another building, John and Gordon are able to spot them and shoot the guards, freeing Kelly and Ed. They get to the shuttle and take off for space. They contact the Orville, telling them to prepare to leave as soon as they get on the ship. Ed also contacts the Krill and warns them about the big shift, so they better get out of dodge. The Krill captain calls Ed a coward, and they are going to destroy the Death Star. Magically, Kelly and Ed are able to lose the Albarian makeup quick and are on the bridge, in time to give the command to see the quantum shift from a safe distance. Gordon and Kelly conclude they successfully built a wall around their whole world, and they are about to find out it won't solve any of their problems. Meanwhile, the Krill have just destroyed the Death Star, which actually is their only way of getting out of the lonely new universe they find themselves in not having anything else to do the krill decide to do what krill always do invade and conquer the closest inhabited planet the end
0: all right so i disagree with you a little bit on that that ending oh oh okay i don't think they destroyed it i think it it destroyed itself because they said it was a they said something like it must have been a single use thing so i don't i don't think they destroyed it I think it just oh, destroyed okay. itself. Okay, because they—I mean, well, they knew that this I mean, was the he one, says, right?
1: "Commander, the device is destroyed." So right. I took and that, then, saying, "Okay, we're finished." But you're right. right. The, 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 next, said, the next panel then, says it was clearly built to be used once. And where are we? Except for Alibar, there is no other stars. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I will still say that you could read it my way, but I do acknowledge your interpretation.
0: Okay. So, because I think
1: it would have been even better if they would have destroyed it. Because then that would have given a krill a lesson on Krill uh being wrong about blowing everything up, as well as the Alibarians who are trying to be alone. Right. But yeah. but I do acknowledge uh the wording makes it possible that they didn't.
0: Yeah, so the lesson to the Alibarians is that uh they're now Defenseless against the crew. Well, it, it, that's what makes it even better. So not
1: only are they in this other universe where they will be alone, and so they're getting what they want, and they find that they're going to... It won't solve any of their social problems just right. because the villainized outsiders are, are gone. But now they're going to get exactly what they didn't want, which is to be invaded by
0: aliens. Exactly. Ah, and they've ah. spent all their money... They spent all their money building this thing that they can't defend themselves. So they're uh, yes, basically exactly. Defenseless against right. eight, these eight chips. No, so it, it's a it's it, horrible uh, ending for oh. them.
1: Oh, it's horrible for them, but it's awesome. It's horrible for the Krill, who are jerks, and it's even more horrible for the Albarians because their entire, well, who knows about the entire race. Anyway, the main point is it's just awesome. <laughs> I love the ending. Right. And then Ed is like, we got to get out of here. And he doesn't waste a lot of his breath trying to save anybody, except for his own ship and crew, which is fine with me. So, did
0: that seem familiar to you? This ending?
1: Oh, uh, ooh, no. But you're going to tell me something. I'm going to say, oh, why
0: didn't I see that? Yeah. Uh, no. So, uh, the Star Trek Missions End miniseries that we read not too long ago. Okay. It ended with this planet going to warp. And at the same time, the Orions were coming to try to steal this great technology for themselves. And Kirk's like in a shuttle heading towards the Enterprise telling them, you guys need to leave because this thing's about to go to some other universe or whatever. And they're like, no, we want this technology for ourselves. And then the Enterprise just barely makes it away as the whole planet goes into another universe or whatever, taking the, the Orion fleet with it. And then right. that's, that's where it ended. Okay, I remember that one. Yeah. So I now that you like, mentioned it. Oh my it. goodness. They they've already done this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well there you go. The Orville continues to borrow things from Star Trek Dumb. Right. So
0: I, I I thought it was pretty cool. That the uh the krill and the these uh the krill and the Calibarians. The yeah the the well the krill and the Orions, basically. Oh too greedy okay. for their their own good. Oh, okay. Right. At least the krill, I do kind of understand where they were coming from. I mean, well, they didn't. They could have not believed. Well, they didn't know what was going on. Is it is it going to warp them to krill space? You know, they didn't. Oh, even well, if that's part of it, but well, okay, Sir Ed is his word that it's not a weapon. I mean, I could see why they would still attack it. Yeah,
1: I mean, why should they believe Ed? Right, yeah, exactly. I agree. But but Ed tried to warn them, and if. True. And if they don't want to believe anybody, then that's fine. And I think Ed's actions were perfect. Yeah, I agree. You know, I want to make sure you know about this, but I ain't sticking around to twist your arm. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, I like it. I like it. I like it. Yeah, I just, I just feel bad for the Alibarians. Well, you feel bad for them, but you—I mean, other than Yasil, they really didn't present you with. Any people you'd like. Well, even the mom, I mean... Oh, well, come on. I mean, the mom was probably the closest thing to somebody you you might have been okay with. But in the end, you know...
0: Yeah, they're just people living out their lives. That's not like... Well, well hold on. ...to be overwhelmed by... Well, a, she called
1: the cops in, so she's as paranoid as everybody else on the planet. On those... On Ed and... Right. Kelly. So... I mean, these are just people that aren't hurting you. I mean, they, they were actually friends, or they claim to be anyway, friends of right. your son. And you're going to call the cops on them because you've been brainwashed. So, no, I don't have a lot of uh, sympathy for Mom, mm. personally.
0: Gotcha. Okay,
1: speaking of Mom,
0: who does she remind you? What actress does she remind you of? Uh, she was the one that I... I thought kind of looked like uh winona Ryder from stranger oh
1: bing 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 bing
0: bing i said i thought the same thing
1: okay but then i went ahead and grabbed some photos of winona Ryder from stranger things because because she would have to be older right i'm not going to grab right. something from um <laughs> you know what when, when she was in that uh beetlejuice beetlejuice yeah, exactly <laughs> she was too young so i had to grab something where she was older and even star trek she wasn't old enough a 2009 movie, and it's like it's like oh boy, you know that's not a perfect match. I still think it probably is her, but hold on. So then I went ahead and did some more research, and then I found my next closest one that I thought it was, which was Kate Winslet. She looks a little bit like Kate Winslet, and I had uh, I found a photo of Kate Winslet, and her nose especially looks like the mom. But I will admit that it's kind of a toss up between the two. And then finally, there's a third actress I thought it might have been. So okay. uh, everybody loves Raymond, the, the wife. Um, Patricia Hedy? Exactly, right. Yeah, and she's been in other things too, of course. Sure. But, um, yeah,
0: exactly. I can see that. Patricia. I can totally see that. Yeah.
1: Uh, now, as far as photos I could find, though, every photo I could find of Patricia, she's always smiling, damn it. I couldn't <laughs> find any, any pictures with her not smiling. I mean, she's got a beautiful smile, uh, but I couldn't find one where she wasn't smiling. So,
0: anyway. Nah, I could see that one. I can't see the, the Winslet one, but no? the, okay. the other two, now that you mentioned. I mean, now that you mentioned Patricia Shahidi, I could see it totally.
1: Yeah. So, it, I, I'm not sure which one 100% for sure, but since we both saw, thought Winona Ryder, and if I had a pick, I'd probably say Winona Ryder. Right.
0: All right, and did you have any other ones in this one?
1: Yes, I do, although it's kind of... It's a bit of a stretch. Okay. Okay, so the jailer guy? Which one? The, uh, the, the, the one prison. The, the guy that was running the prison. So yeah, the yeah, prison yeah. commander.
0: Yeah, he... He wasn't I, in I it have that long. A theory on him, too.
1: Oh, good. Okay, good. So I didn't really... See, and he wasn't in it for very long, but it's like, oh, boy, he looks like a couple different actors, but which ones... And I basically went with Lee Marvin, and I did a, some searches on Lee Marvin and, and found some photos. And I found a photo that's pretty close. Lee Marvin? The actor, Lee Marvin.
0: I, I know who. know. What's he been in?
1: Uh, the Dirty Dozen.
0: Oh, okay. That, okay, you're going further away. Okay. Oh,
1: yeah. Uh, Emperor of the North. I mean, he was a big-time Hollywood movie actor in the 50s and 60s. Okay. Tall guy, you know. Rugged, you know, a lot sure. of military movies. What do you think? Who who do you think?
0: Uh, I don't know his name. I think his name's Lee, too. That's why I was like, well, maybe it's the same guy. Oh, okay. Uh, the, um, the guy from Texas Chainsaw Massacre and... Uh, um, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Nah, the remake from, from New Line Cinema. And he was also in... Uh, he's always playing an army sergeant. So oh, okay. In, uh, what was that other movie?
1: Oh, Full Metal Jacket. Yeah, Full Metal Jacket. The the, the drill instructor instructor, drill instructor guy. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I could see that. So I I sent you some uh, some text photos.
0: Yeah, some. Um, okay. No, you're right. It, it it does look like him. Yeah, Especially but those it, eyebrows. It was the eyebrows that was getting me. I was like, man, those. It's reminding me of somebody. Okay. So now I can see that.
1: Yeah. Uh, actually, that actor that was in Full Metal Jack, a drill instructor that you're mentioning, we just saw him the other day in, um, in The X-Files, an old X-Files episode, where he played a um, kind of like a sort of preacher, or kind of like a you know over-the-top kind of preacher that had um, you know, th- this fake contraption in his hands so that blood would come between his clist- cl- uh, clenched fists. Oh, okay. Anyway, you know, X-Files... If you want to see a bunch of actors before they really made it, that's the series, man. It's amazing, because every episode they've got guest stars, everyone, well, most everyone. Right, um, right. and they got really good actors. Just Friday night, we saw one that had uh, Deadpool. Um, Ryan Reynolds? Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds, he played a a high school football player. Oh my God, was he young? <laughs> anyway,
0: that's funny. Yeah, so his name is R. Lee Ermey. Okay. So that's why go. when you kept saying Lee, I was like, maybe he's thinking the same guy. But uh, <laughs> differently, differently. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, so th- this is kind of a secondary fun thing. It's, it's a where's Waldo thing. For, right. So not only can you enjoy it from a typical comic book standpoint, but it's also, you know, identify the uh, actor. And I wonder if they're doing that purposely. I don't know.
0: I don't think they are.
1: You think they are? Okay. Yeah, they have to be. Yeah. Th- that's great, because definitely with the Shatner one, I know you don't think it's Shatner, but I do. And I don't, don't understand why you don't <laughs> see that, but whatever. I mean, that really looks like a big-time Easter egg to me.
0: Yeah, well, when he was in profile, I will say that I thought he, he kind of looks like Shatner from, like, uh, that Blank My Dad Said show. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, that's, well, uh, yeah,
1: definitely when he was older and, right. uh, you know, a little heavier... And, um, you know, uh, not not his current 90. How old is he, 90? 90, yeah. He's, he's up there. Uh, so, you know, maybe back when he was doing that, The Things My Father Says or whatever show. Yeah, that was a funny show. Didn't last very long, though. No. I think I watched like one episode. I thought it was okay, but obviously never tuned in a second time. Yeah, it's, it's your fault it could Oh my gosh! You, you got to give the love to the chat. <laughs>
0: Enough about the guest stars. What'd you <laughs> think about the story itself? Uh, I mean, I we was great. Both, we both loved, loved, it. loved the ending. Did you like the rest of it?
1: I thought it was great. Yeah, um, I I love that little character moment that they had with Bordas. How he dealt with it. the uh, captain. That's great. Yeah, the Krill captain.
0: That was so good. He's <laughs> it, like, yeah. So you'll 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 damage a few of our ships. No, I didn't say we targeted your ships. We targeted you. your ship. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: great, Bordis. And, and it was it was totally teed up because when when Ed left a ship to go down the planet, I mean Ed just told him, you know, you're in command, and um, you know, you know, make, make sure they don't attack the Alabarian or whatever. You know, make sure they don't attack. And it's like, I'm yeah. thinking to myself, how the hell is Borders going to do that? And he did it. He did it. He
0: did I, it. I liked it a lot. Yeah. But then as far as like the, the story on the planet, uh, I mean, again, if you've gone 20 years of hearing that these people are going to get you, mm-hmm. I don't blame the mom for calling in the police. Oh, well, okay, hold on. We are all
1: a product of our environment and our society. No two ways about it. So yes, 20 years of a leader who was was successful in talking most people, at least enough people, into vilifying the aliens. So they were able to do all this for 20 years. Obviously, right. not everybody bu- drank the Kool-Aid because Yassil didn't. So good for him. But he had a unique position actually working with aliens. So he... He knew what it was like. So, I mean, the mother had the benefit of her son's experience and insight, and it didn't seem to matter much to her. So,
0: anyway, whatever. Yeah. No, I see what you're saying. And he had to have been powerful before that. I mean, it's not like he took control the day that they succeeded from the, the union. Right, so you have to think it's been going on longer than just 20 years, because it was 20 years ago that they succeeded, so that probably didn't happen overnight.
1: Um, what's the last thing you still said in the first issue? Um, I mean, and by the way, they weren't buddies. Uh, no, no, no Ed, they, Ed, they, they I mean, they were all both on the same ship, but I mean, uh, you, still, you still was higher up in the rankings, I think, and, and Ed was just a... You know, an ensign or something, I don't know.
0: Yeah, ensign and engineering or um, something.
1: But, but Ed, or I think Ed asked, you know, wh- why are you leaving? And the guy says, new government's decision. That's all I know. Hopefully they'll realize it's a mistake. Mm. You know, I, I don't know.
0: Um, uh, it just seems like a big step. Yeah.
1: Well, it seems but like a big I don't step. Know. I, but...
0: I, guess, I guess England came out of the... Out of uh, Brexit, what Bre- The Brexit? Brexit things. So I yeah. guess it does happen. Well, it isn't, it isn't just a
1: parallel. This, this story is not just a parallel with Trump and America. It's completely a parallel to of the UK exiting, exiting the European Union for multiple reasons. But one of the main ones is th- they were not going to go along with the, uh, with the European Union that was trying to take some of these refugees And Germany really stepped up. But there's enough people in England that said, no, uh, UK first. And then in the US, America first. So, uh, isolationism, baby, way to go. It's always worked out in the past. (laughs) Well, I mean, to be realistic, I mean, you know, in a real situation, you know, maybe isolation can be the right way but if you're especially on a planet where there's all these different nations and all you're going to do is stick your head in the sand and all we're going to do is worry about what happens here we're not going to worry about the rest of the world I mean I mean uh, I think if America got into it quicker in World War II uh, maybe a lot maybe it would have been over quicker
0: anyway right all right um Yeah, so I mean, I know you haven't seen it yet, but I just watched Amsterdam. uh, Oh, the movie movie Amsterdam. Yeah, and this book has a little bit of parallels to that, which I won't really go into since you haven't seen it. But uh, it definitely kind of has the mindset of what happened in between World War Two or World War One and World War Mm Two, which you don't really hear that much about. You know, you hear about the Great depression mm-hmm. but you don't hear about that those 20 years between the war and uh you know the war. really thick of uh the great depression you know you hear the roaring Tour 20s mm-hmm. but uh but but i thought this movie did a good job of kind of talking about that and how you know nations were kind of rallying behind these people like hitler and mussolini and stuff mm-hmm. like that with rhetoric like what this guy was saying so mm-hmm. um i thought that was that was a an interesting movie to kind of like show you a different point of view that you don't see very often. Or at least I have it, So Right. Uh, and it was kind of odd that reading these books and watching that around the same time was well, interesting. Man. There you go. Many examples. Or, or another example of,
1: you know, we made a reference to Hitler earlier. So I'm sure that's one of the players in this. Movie, or at least one of the things that was going on. I mean, it wasn't. A, I mean, they didn't show Hitler in in this thing, right? They right, just no. talk about him. I assume. Yeah. Yeah. What's really interesting about well, I, I don't want to go off and. Into <laughs> that. Um, so yeah, I I really liked uh, this two part story. And so, uh, a- and you know, two issues. This it was the right length. I I didn't feel like they rushed things. I didn't feel like they they went on too long. I didn't feel like there was there was filler that that didn't serve the
0: story right I agree yeah and I mean my really only complaint is and it's the same complaint I have on a lot of Star Trek stuff Mm -hmm. is sometimes they go they swing a little too big with what science can do Mm -hmm. (laughs) and the idea of building a device that can teleport a whole solar system you know it's it's right up there with the Dyson sphere as far as it's just too much it's just, I, I'll believe that you can make a ship go to you know faster than light. Even I'll even buy that you can make a ship go to another universe. But a whole solar system—that's eh, a that's a that's a big one to swallow. That's a lot to move. Right,
1: but the thing is, you can't say just the planet because the planet is useless without a star. Right, um, exactly. You'd freeze it re- immediately. Exactly. So the I, I understand why they said the whole solar system it's just that i do agree with you that seems like
0: uh it seems like a lot right unlikely but and, and even if you did do it i mean the gravitational forces would be different in that part of the universe mm-hmm. than where you are now so you're probably still going to destroy your planet mm. just being in a different place
1: I mean, yeah and it's like how did they figure this out, anyway? I mean, did they actually figure out how to jump between planes of existence, and they happen to find a place, you know, with a probe or something, or maybe a an experimental capsule or something, where they found an empty universe, you know, with
0: no other planets? I mean, how they right. how they know that? Anyway, it just seems. You're yeah, not supposed to think about it; just go with it. Yeah. If. If Star Trek can build a, a ship around a whole sun, then, then these guys can teleport, but I still don't go. want. It. <laughs> yeah): <laughs> I mean, Star Wars has the same thing too with the Death Star. Mm-hmm. You know you don't ever see the Death Star going into hyperspace, but it's implied that it did, because it's going from solar system to solar system to blow stuff up. but yeah. I don't see any engines on that, bad boy. So how's it going <laughs> from uh, solar system to solar system? Yeah.
1: Yeah, and, and you know, it's a heck of a weapon and stuff, but you know, uh, I can't see it being able to maneuver very well. Right. <laughs> uh, I My brother had pointed me at a, at a trailer that was, it looks like a small independent film or something like that, about some teenage kid who really, you know, was kind of Spielberg like, and
0: oh yeah, right. Really
1: liked, uh, you know, Star Wars. Huge Star Wars fan. And then he would he would make all these little uh, movies with his father's. His father died and left the camera or some kind, right. of eight millimeter camera or something. So he made all these things, all these things. And it's obviously and it, it, the the guy grow, you know, matures and he's on his journey to become a, a filmmaker or whatever. And there's and there's definitely a lot of sci-fi fan service stuff going on. But there's one thing towards the end they have a, a picture, or this guy is in some conversation with a girl, and and they apparently are in the, in in a Star Trek versus Star Wars, you know which with which thing is better. And then uh, and then the the main character says, the Death Star can ex- can destroy the Enterprise in one shot. And then that's supposedly. Uh, throwing the, uh, the girl off a bit. And, so, and then she, 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 like, lamely, defensively says, the Enterprise has deflector shields. And then it's like, <laughs> not only deflector shields, the Enterprise could run rings around the Death Star and, and blow it to bits from the side and behind. I mean, come on. And, and how, sure, you got a big gun on it, but it takes time to prime and get going and charging up. I mean, how frequently can you shoot?
0: Well, it took out – I mean, <laughs> we're in the weeds. Yeah, we're in the weeds. But it did take out quite a few Calamarian, Calamarian cruisers and
1: The of Jedi. <laughs> I love it, that it they're called firing. Calamarian.
0: It was firing onto capital ships. So it, well, it, I it know, but, but
1: – yeah, and that's what the story called for. But yeah. really, how maneuverable that – I mean, so not only how does it get from place to place, but once it mm-hmm. gets there – how maneuverable is that that ball right yeah exactly anyway i mean that's why you'd have to have a lot of support ships to to protect it kind of like an aircraft carrier exactly
0: exactly like the aircraft carrier yeah um all right so uh since we don't know when we're gonna be revisiting orville yeah so it's not even been confirmed um, that there's gonna be a fourth season Well, I'm talking about just in the comic books. Well, okay. Since uh, since that's not our our bread and butter. Yeah. Anyways, what? Yeah, I haven't heard about a fourth season. Yeah. And I haven't heard anything about new comic books since uh, earlier this year. Hmm. So, who knows? I guess the last issue came out. When did this come out? 2021. So it's been over a year now. Yeah. Not looking good. Right. But what I was. Trying to get at is that since we don't know when we'll be revisiting Orville, mm-hmm. and we got to get all of our Orville comic book stuff out of the way <laughs> now. Uh, I know that you mentioned something about the uh, the badges at the cover of number one. Did you want to actually talk about them? Since we oh, talk? well, you talked about a little bit.
1: I mean, when you were doing the okay, covers, just that but...
0: they. I just talked that they existed. I thought you had more you wanted to talk about. So.
1: Oh well, just um, cover of issue one as donovan explained it, it it it's it's a it's a good cover general purpose cover it's just that they have i mean i'm glad they had them on there but it's a little out of place quite frankly but whatever so they've got the uniform patches four of them on the cover and uh i didn't know what they all stood for although one is blue one is red one is orange one is green and of course i remembered that the different uniforms do have different colors or colors, so Ed and Kelly always had blue blue and something tunics, and uh, I think Gordon had orange and and I think even the doctor had uh, a, a green or at least mostly predominantly green uniform anyway, so I just did a little bit of uh, googling and uh, did confirm that the blue one with the kind of like uh, Kind of like the swoops coming up and forming, kind of like the uh, the main hull of the uh, Orville kind of look. That's command, blue, and then the red patches stand for security and just security. So that was Taylor. Taylor is that? I think that's one. Uh, depending on the season, yeah. It depends on the season. There you go. Alara, <laughs> o- o- uh, it's uh, whoever the one was in the first season. So they got their own color. That's for security. Okay. And then orange is for engineering and technical. Now, isn't Gordon... Um,
0: yeah, Gordon and Lamar. Both that okay, yeah, okay, that fine. That logo.
1: And then uh, then green is for medical, the green patch, yeah. which is kind yeah. of a kind of a, a cross. A, a co-equal, every part of it's co-equal, so it, it really is kind of like a red cross as opposed to a Catholic cross or something.
0: Right, so yeah, like a... Uh, but it's kind of cool cuz it looks like it has like a nucleus like a, a mm-hmm. cell's nucleus there's something in the middle then, right yeah and then the the each corner each little bar of the mm-hmm. the cross kind of makes a uh, looks like a an electron or something spinning mm-hmm. around so mm-hmm. it's kind of cool yeah but that cuz that would fit in all you know maybe all the sciences would be not like just medical part. right yeah so and then the uh the engineering one mm-hmm or the support one, whatever, looks like gears. Mm-hmm. So I always thought that was kind of cool that the engineering has mm-hmm. gears. But yeah. I guess it's also, that, that, that was like when we were watching the show, I didn't really understand why Gordon was that one. It's like, yeah. hey, he's not building the ships, he's just flying them.
1: Well, yeah. And then I think the Navigator is, uh, I mean, in the third season, the girl. Yeah. That that was there. I mean, she was she was clearly the Navigator, right? Right. Okay. And so she she had orange also
0: right, right yeah okay Sa- same as Lamar did in season one when right. he was just the engineer exactly I right. mean when he was just the the navigator right worried about having drinks on the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, yeah, I really and like then the, and then
1: security what is that like a shield with something
0: across yeah. it? Yeah, it's a shield with the. Uh, yeah some 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 sort of wing
1: thing it, it almost looks uh, like a combination of a shield with the uh, like chevy logo or not. Chevy logo I don't know it looks a little bit like wings or something i don't know right so those are the four and then the, and
0: then the command obviously looks like uh the orville
1: it it looks like
0: the Orville yeah yeah it's flying towards the sky exactly no so. nah, it's cool, yeah, very star trekky uh well the
1: color the the whole idea that you have. Colors uh, kind of symbolizing the different divisions uh, within the, the personnel on a starship. That that's pretty cool. Right. And what's, you know, it's fine. Everybody get over it. It's like, yes, the Orville generously borrows anything from Star Trek dumb that makes sense. So they got tractor beams and then. Holodegs. Holodecks, although they don't call them holodecks. Um, replicators. Replicators. They got, you know, the way their uniforms work. You know, there you go. No money. <laughs> no money. So, so they, they, they're very happy to borrow from Star Trek where it makes sense and then where they think they want to do things a little differently. They do things a little differently. Like one of the things that I kind of really kind of like about the Orville is that the people on the Orville seem kind of like 20th century people. You know, I mean, whereas in Star Trek, especially Taws, although next-gen too, I mean, Roddenberry always wanted humanity to evolve, to become better. So, at least traditional Trek, people were, like, almost superhuman in a lot of ways. Great integrity, you know, very strong... I mean, you know, nobody was, nobody was into drugs, you know, despite the original script uh, for City on the Edge of Forever uh, that, <laughs> that didn't end up getting produced. I mean, everybody was really squeaky clean, but in the Orville, I mean, people drink and it, and it ain't synthahall <laughs> So, um, you know, they're just people you can relate to a little more. I sure.
0: Think. Yeah, I agree. All okay, right, so, all right. so next week, you, well, <laughs> what are we, we doing next week? Start, let's let's talk about Orville real quick. Okay, right, one last thing about Orville, is that there is six miniseries, all two issues long, and we've now covered three of them. So, mm-hmm. technically, we're about halfway through doing all the Orville stuff. So, I would like to come back and, and do some more at a later date. Sure, but, but because with this Star is Trek, Trek comic Trek, book presents, <laughs> there we, you get go. To, we get to do something else. Other than Star Trek. Uh, oh, that's Trek. right. I never,
1: in the intro, I never said Star Trek Presents. Ah.
0: Oh, well. <laughs>
1: I should have said that. So
0: anyways, but next week, next week, we're, we're back to our old favorite, Star Trek. Yes. So, but we are going to be doing a little something different. So we're going to do issue number two of Star Trek number 2022, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. The new Star Trek ongoing, the second issue of that. That's the whole Cisco adventure. Mm-hmm. And then as our second book, we're doing Star Trek Gold Key number 62, which never actually got the made. Lost
1: episode.
0: Sort of. Yeah. Right. So they never actually made the book, but I guess they wrote the script. Eagle Moss released it. The script alone. No okay. art artwork. But then some fans, some very talented fans... Have uh, done the artwork, not in the gold key style, but kind of like a modern, kind of like modern their own style, style, but uh, but with the, using the, the old script. So we're right. going to be reading through that one. So technically, it's not an official book, but uh, since it is using a script that was officially written, uh, we're going to cover it into this.
1: Right now, mind you, they still use the font and stuff of gold key and that kind of thing. But yeah. The artistry is, I think, mostly this guy's uh, own style.
0: Right, but which is quite good.
1: I think it's good. Although I, mean. I think he has a little bit of trouble with teeth. Mm, I haven't read it yet, so I'll. Okay. I'll, I'll be able to comment people's, more next week. People's mouths and teeth. A little bit of trouble there, but the ships look great, and, and I think the people look good in general. Good work. Good. And we I and absolutely. we thought we were done with Gold Key
0: yeah exactly never
1: now mind you this is not an officially published thing so this does not undo our claims of victory with episode 365 as far as being caught up with everything Uh, having yes having reviewed every Star Trek comic book ever published to that date to that that particular date
0: yes exactly (laughs) exactly yeah we so. we have to yeah we have to qualify it a bit yeah exactly so yeah okay. looking forward to that yeah there's a lot of like fan fiction type stuff out there and unlicensed books so yeah. obviously we're not going to cover all those but we are going to cover this one since somebody pointed it out to us yeah
1: oh and and thank you uh to the to the gentleman that did that which we'll
0: we'll talk about it more when we do it next week or next yeah, exactly. next time exactly all right. Well, until then, uh, thank you everybody for listening, and we'll be back next week. Yep. Thanks for joining us for Star Trek presents.
1: Later. Thank you for listening to Star Trek Comic Book Review. All Star Trek stories and characters are copyrighted CBS Studios, Incorporated. All music, stories, and characters discussed are for our entertainment purposes only. You can email us at star t.